following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Yeah, It's That Bad. This is the show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is we look at movies that are rotten on Rotten Tomatoes and we reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2009's The Proposal, directed by Anne Fletcher, starring Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, Craig T. Nelson, Mary Steenburgen, and Betty White. The Proposal is a 2009 romantic comedy film. This movie currently holds a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a quick plot synopsis? For three years, Andrew Paxton has slaved as the assistant to Margaret Tate, hard-driving editor at a New York publisher. When Margaret, a Canadian, faces deportation for an expired visa, she hatches a scheme to marry Andrew. He agrees if she'll promise a promotion. A skeptical INS agent vows to test the couple about each other the next Monday. Andrew had plans to fly home that weekend for his grandma's 90th birthday, so Margaret goes with him to Sitka, Alaska, where mom, dad, and grams await. Family dynamics take over, tensions between dad and Andrew, an ex-girlfriend, Andrew's dislike of Margaret, and her past color the next few days, with the INS ready to charge Andrew with fraud. Okay, Kevin, The Proposal. This is the movie that won the first ever Listener's Choice episode. It was a dead heat between this and Grown Ups. And quite frankly, I'm really surprised that we ended up reviewing this at all because Grown Ups took a huge lead. And then from out of nowhere, The Proposal snuck up and won by a single vote. And uh, I asked whoever it was that cast that tie-breaking vote to send in an email, and they did. Hey guys, I'm glad you're reviewing the proposal. I'm pretty sure that I voted for that one to be reviewed, but only because I personally love that movie and don't understand why everybody hates it so much. This movie gets a solid 3 out of 5. It's not bad at all. I loved watching it, but it's still your average rom-com. Have fun viewing, Marlene. I wonder how many of the votes were for people with that perspective and not people that wanted to hear you bash bash something. Like, how many people were saying, oh, I I liked the proposal, I liked growing up, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear, you know, I want to see if they like it too. My vote was for When in Rome. Yeah, you did. You voted for (laughs) When in Rome. (laughs) It's the only one I saw before, and... That was abysmal, so I did want to hear you trash something. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this thing. Like, I think we should just dive into this movie and do what we usually do at the top of the show and just go one by one through all the actors and, and see how you think they did. So let's start with the biggest uh, name in this thing, Sandra Bullock. What are your thoughts? Typical Sandra Bullock, I guess, right? Pretty standard. I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by her acting. It wasn't terrible either. I think she just did her typical romantic comedy role. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Typical Sandra Bullock, you know, is by the numbers, romantic comedy, you know? I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a hater. I'm, I'm just, she's How many there. of these has she been in? Like, Practical Magic and uh, what, Hope Floats and h- how many others? All about Steve? Yeah. She just like rolls out of bed and is like, oh, romantic comedy. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Ryan Reynolds supporter. Why is that? I, I just like watching the guy in movies. <laughs> and I think this kind of falls into the... So Brad Pitt. I feel like that with Brad Pitt too. I don't, I don't think he's a great actor by any means. I think he picks pretty good movies. And I just like seeing him up on the screen. He's got, you know, that movie star is it the abs? air about him. It, it really is. It's the abs. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's those eyes. I could just stare at him all day. <laughs> no, but I, I like him in, uh, I liked him in, you know, Van Wilder. 
Yep. I actually like the movie called Just Friends. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I know what it is. I actually like that movie, and I really? think he's good in it, too. Yeah, I saw Ryan Reynolds in something really good recently. Oh, not really good. Uh, called The Nines. Okay. It was it was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I'm fine with Ryan Reynolds. I want to see that Buried movie. Yeah, I want to see that. I don't want to see him in a romantic comedy. I want to see him in, like, other stuff. Well, Definitely Maybe was a good movie, too. Uh-huh. Uh, romantic comedy man. of course yeah, yeah it, it was good i liked your it. favorite kevin you've seen your fair share of romantic comedies right unfortunately yeah <laughs> so you were well prepared for the oh, proposal miss congeniality there you go was this, he in that it's another one no no for sandra bullock i forgot huh? i forgot that uh okay okay but that's one i'm familiar with very familiar with so. all right all right all right okay um, next up on the list mary steenburgen yeah my only i guess exposure to her is curb your enthusiasm i can't remember what else she's really been back in. to the future three which one was that was that the train <gasps> was that the one with the train are you kidding me <laughs> all right get out get out <laughs> You're off the show. This is my apartment. You get, get out. out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the one with the train, right? Yes. The Wild yes, West. Yes, it is. What, what I don't understand about this woman is she must be like 65 years old, yet she's the hottest woman in this entire movie. I think, Hands you're, I think down. you're stretching it. I think you're stretching it. Hands down. She has this radiant beauty. I'm going to say like a, a grace that comes with age. I don't know what it is, but she just glowed in every scene she was in. She wasn't even in it that much. Yeah. She had a few scenes. She's the best part. I don't know. Sandra Bullock's not, you know, supermodel material, but I think she's more attractive than Mary Steenburgen. Than the 65-year-old woman? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll even throw a bone to Malin Ackerman on that one, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so next up, Craig T. Nelson, TV's coach. What else has he done? The Incredibles. Oh, that was him, right? Yeah, Mr. Incredible? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought uh, Craig T. Nelson was atrocious in this movie. Absolutely atrocious. He's not really known for his acting chops, though, is he? Then why hire him for your movie if, if everybody knows he's garbage? The same reason Terry Bradshaw was hired for failure to launch. Just... <laughs> well, you do know you're, <laughs> you're well-versed in your romantic comedies. Uh, it's just, he's just there to, you know... I guess appease the male crowd that's there. Craig T. Nelson is bringing in the boys. Huh? That, that's why they got him. He's coach. Makes you think of football. <laughs> <laughs> Takes the edge off. He was garbage, I thought, in this movie. Like, he he just didn't care at all. He he did, like, a similar kind of thing that Dennis Quaid did in Legion. He just was like, <laughs> just, like, stone-faced and bored and sleepwalking the whole time. But that's that was his role. He's just the, the hard-edged father figure that's yeah, but he's not like, supposed to show emotion. Not supposed to show emotion. He he has plenty of reason to be uh, angry in this movie. He does. Yet, yet he doesn't really uh, show it very well. So yeah, sorry coach. You didn't do too good a job, I didn't think. Alright, the, the real wild card here, uh, Betty White. So you said that this was the, the beginning of the Betty White rage. The, the Betty White renaissance that we're in right now. Where she says things that are inappropriate for an old woman to say and we all laugh about yeah, it. Yeah. And Snickers commercials and things like that. Yeah, people are like, oh, it's the Betty White effect. No. It's the rapping granny <laughs> effect from like uh, the wedding singer. You yeah. know, that kind of dumb yeah, shit. exactly. And, and this movie had it in full force. She was just, everything she said was some silly little quip. Yeah, pretty much. What, um, what'd you think of her? I mean, she filled that role. And I guess at the time, that was that was the first time she was really doing it, probably. So it wasn't old and tiresome when this came out. But mm -hmm. at this point, it really is old and tiresome. I'm a little sick. You've had enough of those Snickers commercials? Yes, yes, I have. I've had enough of her SNL appearances and her show. Oh, yeah. It, Hot in Cincinnati or whatever the hell that is. Cleveland, right? Oh, whatever. <laughs> 
I'm sick of seeing the commercials for that stupid show. Okay, yeah, yeah. Betty White, I didn't like her in this movie. There were two other girls in the room with us, and they were having a ball watching Betty White. Girls love the Golden Girls, though. Uh-huh. This is the way it is. Yeah. But yeah, well, I wasn't happy with Betty White in this movie because uh, her mere presence and the way that she acts and the way that she delivers her lines takes me out of the moment and reminds me, like, you're watching a movie right now. Okay. Right. I'm putting on this wacky performance. You know, it just it, it took me out of it. Well, there's not many 90 year old women who act like that, so she's a caricature. She's yeah, not a real I, person. I, I guess so. Okay. All right. And finally, the last person in this movie of any note is Malin Ackerman. You have some choice things to say about her. Right? I'm just not a huge fan, but Why? I, she wasn't really used much. I mean, she was in what three scenes, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she's a non-factor. One of the girls in the room here, she uh, brought up a really interesting point about Malin Ackerman. She called her the poor man's Kristen Bell. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's accurate. I didn't see it until she just said that. And I was like, whoa. Like it just, the piece of the puzzle fell into place. Now, Kevin, I did some research on this movie. And it seems that the critics really hated this movie because they thought it was the most cliched thing ever made. That every single romantic comedy cliche imaginable is in this movie. Yeah. So I, I did a list on Google for romantic comedy cliches. <laughs> and apparently there's just like thousands and thousands of different lists yeah. of, of rom-com cliches. So I found one. I just picked one <laughs> okay. that I, I thought applied to this movie. So let's really quickly go through it. And you and I will diagnose this movie. Is it really that super cliched? Okay. Okay. Number one, boy and girl are very different. Yeah, check. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she. so basically this movie starts off with her being this hard-ass boss to Ryan Reynolds. And he's, you know, putting up with it. And he's warning everyone in the office when she's walking by. He's, you know, this nice guy. All the girls like him. He's getting girls' phone numbers. He's very likable. So definitely two completely different characters. Hey, would you, would you compare her character to, like, the Devil Wears Prada? Uh, it's the same character. It's... In that it's, you know, this woman who's risen to power within a company in New York. Clearly, she's career-driven. She has no family. Apparently, no friends. Apparently, no love life either. At which point, uh, you know, she does admit during the movie she hasn't been with a man in a year and a half. Uh-huh. So she just is ice cold to everyone that we see in the movie. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically the same character as Glenn Rip Close. off? Would you say rip off? A little bit. I mean, it's a completely different movie. <laughs> So maybe the character is a little bit, but it's not like they really ripped that movie off in any way. Okay. Number two, boy meets girl in an unusual way. Now, about that, I think we were kind of robbed of that because usually in romantic comedies, the, the love interests don't know each other yeah. at first. And that's actually called, uh, that has a name when they first meet each other. That's called a meet cute. That's what that's actually called. Okay. And we didn't get that because they already knew each other. I felt robbed. Yeah, but isn't that what the in the first few minutes when we find out that Sandra Bullock's Canadian and is going to be deported because she didn't fill out the right forms and then, you know, at that last second she hatches this scheme to get... You think that's it? Yeah, that's it, right? I mean, that that's the zany start <laughs> to the relationship. Oh, all right. Okay. Because right. up to that point, they, they knew each other, but it was just a work relationship. So that's the, was, you know, the weird beginning to the start. Okay. Check. Okay. Three, romantic date. Boy and girl do something fun together. Maybe they aren't in love yet, but it's so romantic. They're in denial if they don't feel any attraction. Now, that's a tough one for this one. That is tough. There is no date. They're forced to kind of like live together in the okay, same quarters. Can you make the argument that the entire Alaska vacation is okay. the date? Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. Okay. Four, 
Quirky friends. Quirky friends are a must for comic relief, snide advice, or inserting some necessary doubt into the blossoming romance. I mean, that's Betty White's character. Betty White. Uh, there was um, Oscar from The Office. Oscar from The Office. He he was a real goofball kind yeah. of character. And Ryan Reynolds' buddy, who was like the air traffic controller. Okay, yeah. He was yeah. He was yeah. quirky. Yeah. Five older perverted relative at some point an older relative must make an appearance and shoot off a few skanky metaphors for some cheap laughs yeah check 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 yeah. every betty, scene betty white was in betty white that, that's the she filled that role to a t yep okay six one hit wonders a nostalgic sappy soundtrack is a must there you was know, some one hit wonders in this you know i noticed early on the soundtrack which struck me as really weird was, i hated the music in this movie yeah hated they, it. they didn't do a good job <laughs> It's that kind of stupid thing. Yeah, yeah. There was no effort <laughs> on the sound mixing here. They sang like a couple like one hit wonders from the nineties. Yeah, they had that times. really awkward scene. Horrible when scene. They were both in the bedroom. Ryan Reynolds on the floor. He was singing uh, Rob Bass. You know, yeah. it takes two. Yeah. Terrible. You were cringing. I saw. Yeah, you it made you me squirm up, in my seat. You curled up into a ball. You were like, no, yeah. stop. It just made me really feel uncomfortable. Okay. All right. Number seven: dogs and cats. Boy and girl have a dog and a cat that they can confide in. There's a dog in this. There is a dog in this. They had the most ludicrous uh, scene imaginable. It, right? it was, <laughs> it was terrible. So uh, they're up in Alaska, and I believe it was Betty White tells Sandra Bullock, "Don't let the dog get outside." Because there are eagles and falcons and all kinds of predatory birds that will swoop down to pick up this little puppy dog. So naturally, almost the very next scene, there was no, there's no pause. break. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, Sandra Bullock, of course, runs outside for a phone call, and the dog gets outside. And as Sandra Bullock's out there on the phone, an eagle swoops in, grabs the dog, basically flies up like 20, 30 feet in the air, and then just drops the dog. To which Sandra Bullock runs over, catches it. The dog's completely unharmed. It was grabbed with eagle talons. Yeah. And there's no blood or the hair C- loss or anything. The, the CG on that was amazing, <laughs> I thought. Would you, you, you felt uh, offended by that scene. Why? Why did that offend you so much? The dog was perfectly fine. The eagle <laughs> grabbed a snack, possibly food for its young, and it just decided to drop it like 20 feet in the air. Yeah, you weren't having that for and it some was, reason. And it was unharmed. Yeah. That just, that made no sense to me. I mean, if that thing grabbed my arm, I'd be all bloodied and and mangled. (laughs) Good point. Okay, number eight, wedding, dance, or party scene? Oh, yeah, we got all three. (laughs) We got all three in this movie. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah, and I I wasn't happy about either or. Especially uh, Sandra Bullock's absurd dance number in the woods. Yeah, that was terrible. We'll get to that. Yeah. That's pretty horrible. All right, number nine, boy and girl break up. That's inevitable, right, in a romantic comedy? You can't have a rom-com without that happening. No, there has to be some kind of strife or, or something that breaks them up momentarily. Just to make them know what they're missing. <laughs> okay, all right. And number ten, boy and girl are in love. The end. <laughs> No matter how ridiculous or insurmountable number nine is, somehow space and time are transcended to reunite boy and girl. Yeah, that definitely happens. We can get in, more into that in, in the you know when we talk about the ending though, because that, that kind of wraps up everything. Okay, great. That's a top ten cliche list. So, what do you think? Is is the proposal super cliche or what? Yes, exactly. It definitely is. So we hit all all ten. Yeah, I mean th- this was a, a you know a paint by numbers movie. There was a formula <laughs> here. 
<laughs> which I wrote down in my notes. Oh, 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 give us, give us the real plot synopsis. I'm going to break this down. The two main characters don't like each other. Then they get to know each other a little better. They face a hardship and then they realize they love each other. The, the end. <laughs> what you just said in like <laughs> five seconds, it, it took two hours <laughs> to draw out. Yeah, maybe it is super cliche. That's If you're interested in reading a little more about this list of cliches, I am posting the list on the website in this episode's show notes. Okay, so this movie starts off and the premise is Sandra Bullock is Canadian. She's going to get deported unless she can figure something out to stay in the country. So she hatches a scheme to have a fake wedding with Ryan Reynolds. That pretty much is what kicks off this entire movie. What do you think of that premise? You know, it's a premise we've seen before. You know, main character needs to get married to stay in the country. Although usually it's you're going to a much worse country than Canada. She got Ryan Reynolds to agree to it basically by promising him a promotion. Blackmailed him. Yes. Which only came about after he went along with it for a good amount of time. Which is, I thought it was like bizarre why yeah. anyone would want to go along with this thing. He, he, was good, he was good for like practically a day. The consequences of the scheme is that if Ryan Reynolds is caught and the fraud is exposed, he will be charged with $250,000 fine and he'll have five years in prison. Now, let me ask you this question. What kind of a person would actually go along with a plan like this? Like, what the hell? Like, what, what would you call it? Greed or, or, or what? I don't think it's greed. He, it's, he's whoring himself out, though, would you say? I guess so. I mean, he's doing something to take a step, I guess, that he thinks he's owed anyway. He thinks he should be an editor, which is basically what he's trying to get. He's trying to get a promotion to be an editor. I wouldn't do it. I mean, from his perspective, he's got a lot to lose. I mean, she gets deported. Yeah. Right? A big he, deal. She he goes loses, back to Canada. And he loses everything? Canada's awesome, dude. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Not a terrible place. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being deported there, okay? This isn't, we're not talking about like some third world country. But he risks prison. Yeah. Federal prison. It's the worst kind of prison. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) It's interesting that these are the two characters that we're set up with. Like Sandra Bullock is this hardcore bitch, ice queen. Yeah. So we have on one hand this ice queen and the other hand this uh, spineless. Yeah, he's definitely spineless. Spineless, a joke of a man. Yeah. And these these are the two characters we're we're supposed to root for. Mm Mm-hmm. In this movie. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting, I guess. A, I guess. a lot of redeeming characteristics between the two of them. They were made for each other. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Oh, and, and I think it's important to note that these two characters have known each other for the past three years. Yep. And Ryan Reynolds has hated her more and more for these three years. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's really important. And with just cause, too. I mean, yeah. She's, we've shown her to be a terrible person. To, not just him, but to everybody. Yeah, to everybody. Now, my question to you is this. Uh, uh, what kind of a man lies so blatantly to his parents like that a weak one you think yeah i think he's weak i think that's evident by the fact that he you know he has this terrible relationship with his father because his father wants him to to get into the family business but it seems like he wants to just kind of go and i don't know ignore his family really he stays away from them. It seems so weird to me. Like the, uh, it's hard for me to get into the mindset of this guy. Like they, they don't really explore this issue though. But like he's literally like this masquerade and he's parading around like openly lying to everybody, to his family about this, this huge fraud that he's perpetrating. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, uh, it's kind of a despicable trait to give your hero. It is. I mean, I, they didn't do a good job with the character development here. No. To say the least. <laughs> you think so? We don't even know why he loves New York so much. I mean, basically the story is he hated living in Alaska and wanted to go to New York. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's it. That's all we're, we're given. And then he doesn't want to, I guess, run the family empire in Alaska. 
which seems like a pretty sweet deal to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he'd want to do grunt work in, in New York. Yeah, be <laughs> buying tampons for... <laughs> Sandra Bullock at night, which is straight out of the movie. Yeah, say that's that. not an exaggeration. I'm not joking. <laughs> so once we get to Alaska, the big twist is that Ryan Reynolds is rich, or he comes from a wealthy family, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that's when we're introduced to Mary Steenburgen and Betty White and Christy Nelson and all that stuff. Yeah. When they get to the Alaska, this movie kicks into another romantic comedy cliche, the fish out of water story, mm-hmm. because Sandra Bullock is like a city slicker coming to Alaska wearing her high-heeled shoes. I guess like something to talk about when they get to Alaska is the fact that this clearly was not shot in Alaska. Oh, no, not at all. It was terrible when they showed the characters with the, the Alaskan mountains background behind them. It just looks so fake. It, it did. It reminded me of Whiteout. You know that they weren't really there. I mean, it just seems like that should be something that's pretty easy to do nowadays. I mean, my comment to you is they can make it look like there's an actual real dragon on on the screen when you're watching a Harry Potter movie, but they can't make two people look like they're standing in Alaska? Then it just seems lazy. Okay, here, I, I can tell you exactly where this movie was filmed. Nowhere does it list Alaska as an actual film location. The film was actually filmed in Boston and on Boston's North Shore. Snowcap Mountains, or any mountains for that matter, are nowhere to be found on the North Shore. Those were added in digitally. And that's fine. I Look, you don't want to film in Alaska? I, that makes sense to me. Probably is pretty difficult to do, but little more effort <laughs> on making it look like it's Alaska. They had a pretty good budget for this movie, by the way. I'm sure it was all spent on acting, though. Oh, you think it was spent just paying uh, Sandra Bullock? Oh, yeah. I mean, what did she get for a movie? She's got to get, like, what, $15 million? Well, this movie cost $40 million to make. Guess how much it made? $85 million. You would <laughs> not make it as a box office analyst for boxofficemojo.com. This movie cost forty million to make. Its gross revenue three hundred seventeen million dollars. Wow! Smash hit. Wow! I didn't know it did that well. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't know anyone that saw it. That's big money. No wonder she gets these movies. Oh, Sandra? Yeah. Why? Because it's. I mean, she brings home the bacon, right? Well, I guess. Give her what she wants. All the girls want to see it, right? I guess so. There's a scene in the movie where they throw Sandra Bullock her bachelor party and they have a bit of a strip tease for her. Mm -hmm. How'd you feel about that? It made me uncomfortable. Why? Because I had to see Oscar from The Office in like a g-string and knee pads dance around on the stage and he was showing what i saw his pubic hair <laughs> just sneaking out the side of that little <laughs> g-string he was wearing and i really wish that he had did some manscaping beforehand for the sake of the audience that's really gonna draw on the crowd right <laughs> if you want to see a movie <laughs> where you see a guy's pubes the it's- proposal's for you <laughs> Should have put that on the poster. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about that? <laughs> Cheap laugh. That's what I thought. Was it a laugh? Did you laugh at that? I didn't laugh, but I bet you all the women that were in the audience did. They probably had a ball. I don't know. That makes me queasy. That doesn't make me laugh. Queasy? Yeah, queasy. <laughs> nauseous. You know what made me nauseous was immediately after this, they had the most absurd scene starring Betty White. So after all this nonsense, uh, Sandra Bullock gets on a bike and she rides out into the woods and she runs into Betty White doing what? She's doing a some kind of tribal dance around a fire. Native American. Yeah. Offensive Native American, like, <laughs> mocking. I don't know what. And, and, and this family's definitely not a descendant of Native Americans, like, that were native to Alaska or no, anything they're, like they're that. they're not Inuits or anything like no, that. No, they're definitely not. 
So she's basically making a mockery of their religion. <laughs> she's dancing around. And then they have their little exchange back and forth. And Betty White tells Sandra Bullock that she needs to dance with her. And then Sandra Bullock, go ahead. Yeah, Sand- what, what did you think? What did I think? Yeah. Uh, Sandra Bullock starts singing uh, fucking, uh, what is it? Get Low by uh, <laughs> Little John. Like, it's a horrible. Wow, that's a good pull. <laughs> I had no idea what that song was. <laughs> You're more hip than I am, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, well, she starts dancing around in the most absurd and pointless scene, which, by the way, this horrible dance number mm-hmm. is critically acclaimed. Well, I, well I, I don't even crit- know what you're saying to me right crit- now. <laughs> critically acclaimed isn't the right word, but it is award winning. What? <laughs> This movie is a recipient of several awards, okay? People's Choice Awards, Favorite Comedy Movie, 2010 Teen's Choice Awards, Best Dance Scene, Sandra Bullock and Betty White. Oh, that doesn't no, count. I'm not saying that it's like, like the, a scene where... <laughs> that doesn't count. You said Teen Choice Awards? Yeah, That yeah. doesn't count. Yeah, so Best Dance. Not dance movie, just a scene where people dance. Sandra Bullock won. And the 2009 Teen Choice Awards... Best summer movie romance. I don't know how the hell a woman, uh, this movie can win in 2009 and 2010. But Thank I guess, you, Teenagers of America. Yeah, but I, I, but I guess the Teen Choice Awards, they play by their own rules. <laughs> They're fast and loose with the, with the, <laughs> the timelines. God damn, do we have to say fast and loose like every episode of the show? <laughs> Okay, a- a- anyway, <laughs> that dance number was atrocious. It was garbage. It wasn't great. It made me squirm. And the worst part is, is that might be this, the one scene when, when Ryan Reynolds comes upon her, that he like starts seeing her as a different person. And that, uh-huh. that might be the start of, of love, Joel. Right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? If you, if you were him and you came upon that. Oh, how cute. <laughs> Start giggling. Okay, so after all this nonsense, the um, the immigration guy shows up again. Dum dum dum. Exactly, and and he drops the ultimatum one last time: confess or you're going to prison. Right. Mm-hmm. At this point in the movie, I'm thinking to myself, why is Ryan Reynolds in love with her at all? They really didn't set that up. It, no, it, it seems so forced. He saw her as vulnerable, which was different because she had been so hard with him. Yeah, but at this point, he had seen why she is the way she is. Okay. Again, she doesn't... Is that really? In the span of like three days, that's all it takes? So three years of hideous, mind-bending abuse (laughs) is wiped out like that because she fell in the water off the boat and and that's it, right? Yeah, he feels bad for her. That's basically it. So pity equals love? Yes. Yes, in a romantic comedy world, it does. We've seen this before. That is outrageous. We've seen it before. (laughs) Yeah, you've seen it before. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't buy it. I mean, at this point, he should have just confessed to the INS guy. Like, I didn't get why he kept going with the charade. Was I guess I guess you could also take the stance that he hates his father more than he loves her oh, at so this he's point. Like, he's gonna stick it to him because it was the father that set the whole deal up, right? I mean, he negotiated it, and he hates his father so much that it's just kind of screw you, dad. I'm gonna do this my way. Yeah. I think that's I think that's more what it was probably. Still, he's risking five years five in prison, two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's really not worth it. <laughs> we have the ultimate moment of every romantic comedy, the wedding scene. And this is where the shocking twist takes place. What'd you think? Yeah, so before they even really get started, Sandra Bullock stops it and she says I blackmailed him, I'm sorry, and leaves. And he kind of runs after her after a little bit of a delay, but she's gone. She's already hit the road with the INS agent. He finds out that one of his manuscripts that he 
was pushing for a long time, she didn't publish because she didn't want to lose him. Just yeah. another example of manipulative. How terrible bitch. a person she is, really. Oh my God. If that was me, if I found out that I had been working for this monster, he calls her a terrorist. He does. Which I actually, I, I like that. That, that, was, that was funny. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm working for this bitch who's like, you know what? This guy's book is great, but I'm not going to publish it because I want him to be my slave forever. <laughs> I, I would lose my mind with rage. And that's what he was. He was her assistant. This wasn't like he was just working under her. Like, he was getting her coffee. Yeah, midnight Tampax runs. And he could have been, like, an actual editor yeah. or something. Like, you know, a real substance. And she suppressed that. Yeah, and that's terrible. But I love her! Right? It, right? There's a thin line, Joel. A thin line between <laughs> love and hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the question is here. That, this is the question that you brought up before. So Sandra Bullock flat out tells everybody... She stops the wedding. She goes, I lied. I'm really a fraud. And the INS guy is in the audience. He's like... <laughs> Yeah, he's got an... He's so happy. He's got a smirk of of joy on his face. So, you know what? He's got a confession. This is a fraudulent wedding. Why didn't he arrest Ryan Reynolds right then and there? He should have. Put the cuffs on him. I have no idea. And I don't know why she even did that to begin with. She was so selfish still to that point because (laughs) she is risking deportation to Canada. And she's putting him at risk for five years federal prison. She was scot-free. That was it. Yeah. She's not going to be harmed by this, really. She can find another job in Canada. This isn't the end of the world. He's got five years in prison. This is a joke. You're right. You're right. She threw him under the bus. Yes. But apparently he didn't, the INS guy didn't care because she said that she blackmailed him. But at the end of the day, he still... Yeah, he still went along with it. Yeah, he still flat out lied. You know, if she wants to do that, if that's her character, that's fine. But Ryan Reynolds should not be attracted to that. But I love her. There's nothing to love. No. There's nothing to love. The next ultimate romantic comedy scene took place, the dash to the airport. Don't get on that plane, you know? <laughs> but she's already on it. Classic. Oh, so there's a and little he, twist. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a twist, right? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't get there in time. And for real, because he tries to get it stopped by the air traffic controller. And I was fully expecting that guy to stop the plane. But it didn't. It took off, Joel. <laughs> it took off. Yeah, I saw you were really upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's basically it. That's, that's end scene in Alaska. Um, in Boston. End Boston. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie ends in the big, the final, the ultimate romantic comedy scene where Ryan Reynolds runs into New York and finds her in the office before she leaves and professes his love to everybody in the mm-hmm. office. You know, he makes a big spectacle of himself yep. in front of all his coworkers. Mm-hmm. You know? Why didn't he just have that conversation in the hallway? So there weren't a hundred people gawking at him. That's a really good point. Right? Yeah, why wouldn't you say, hey, can I, can I, come here for a second. Can I talk can, to you in your I, office? Talk to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a lot more civilized. No, he makes this huge scene that stops traffic and everybody's like, all these horrible extras are like making these exaggerated <laughs> gestures in the background when he's professing his love. I guess that's the point of it, right? Were you blown up? Were you swept off your feet? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't at all. I guess my biggest complaint with this movie was it just seemed really long. I watched this movie twice for this to review it. You're a brave man. Yeah. And the first time it didn't feel so bad, but the second time it did kind of drag this is my first time and it dragged really there's a lot of just things were slow it's real slow like scenes were slow it wasn't even like that they were taking their time to set things up it just was there enough comedy for you was it romantic comedy did it have enough romance and or comedy for you no (laughs) i don't think it had enough of either (laughs) i think i laughed a few times i laughed more at it than with it that's for certain and as far as the romance it was like done I really don't understand what they saw in each other. These two had no chemistry. None. 
None. I don't. I didn't buy it. The most all. chemistry they had was when they ran into each other when they were naked. Uh huh. And then they quickly like, oh, yeah. <laughs> They freaked out at the touch of each other's skin. That was the most passion we saw out of either one of them. Yeah, I didn't buy this romance at all. Mm-mm. So, all right, Kevin, I think that's about enough on the proposal. Let's find out what the real critics had to say. Oh, Sandra Bullock, why do you do this to yourself? Josh Bell, Las Vegas Weekly. That seems harsh. <laughs> why does she do it to herself? Because she makes Yeah, she made money. a fortune. <laughs> she made more money off that movie than that, that guy's going to make off his whole life, probably. <laughs> That's why. Okay, formula filmmaking at its coldest. Jim Lane, Sacramento News and Review. That's accurate. A romantic comedy so numbing it feels like Novocaine. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Were you numb? <laughs> you were watching this movie? <laughs> no, that definitely wasn't numb. <laughs> okay. So, Kevin, this movie currently holds a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics didn't like it. Is it really that bad? You know, at first, I gave this movie a three. Yeah? I'm dropping it to a two right now. (laughs) (laughs) We just... Maybe I've had time to let it sit. Maybe it's going over all these terrible points about it. I liked watching Ryan Reynolds. I I, I like watching him on the screen. But if I'm going to compare it to, like, a romantic comedy, like like Just Friends, for instance. Like, that movie was... Definitely better, in my opinion, than this one. So I'm going to have to give this one a two, because I think there's better vehicles out there for him. And that was the only redeemable point of this movie, was him in it. <laughs> you don't recommend this to people? No. It, okay. It's a two. Okay, wow. All right. I got to go up the, update my Netflix now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, as for me, full disclosure for everyone out there in podcast land, this is actually the second time I watched the movie and the second time that I'm reviewing the movie <laughs> because I watched it with Martin the first time and the whole time we watched it, we were just cracking jokes and, you know, just, it was like a mystery science theater. Like we were, it, was, it was absurd like the whole time. So we had a ball watching this movie. And I think that kind of peppered our uh, our experience. And neither of us took any notes either. We were just like, you know, cracking jokes and making ourselves <laughs> giggle the whole time. So when we went to record it earlier today, we had nothing. Like this movie was almost impossible to talk about. It was like, oh, in one ear, not the other. So that's why I, I, I called upon you for an emergency <laughs> review session. <laughs> so the first time I watched this movie, I really enjoyed it. I gave it a three. And by the way, Martin gives it a three as well. So, ah, man, do I drop it to a two i'm gonna stick with a three really light three in fact i'm gonna go as far to say for all the guys out there if you have to watch a romantic comedy this isn't that bad of a choice like there's a lot worse things out there yeah there definitely is so this this isn't that murderous of a movie it's it's okay your girlfriend will like it so and you and you'll think it's tolerable (laughs) at the least all right great let me read some viewer mail we actually got one really interesting letter this week that I was dying to read. This comes in from Jonathan. He writes, I made my Bella loving wife listen to the podcast and loved that she was figuratively shaking her fist at the stereo. Normally, she can't stand being subjected to my podcast tastes, but she was getting so pissed at this one. It was beautiful. Keep up the great work, fellas. Jonathan. Wow, you're enraging people. I know. <laughs> Across the world. She didn't like the Twilight episode. Okay, so this movie was the first ever listener's choice. So here are the choices for the next time. I'm narrowing it down to two because I figure if we do three, we're going to burn through all the interesting picks. So it's only going to be two this time and from now on. Okay, so the choices are number one, The Haunting in Connecticut. 
No, you never saw it? No. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure I've even heard of that before. <laughs> it's about a haunting that takes place in Connecticut. I, I assumed as much. <laughs> okay. And number two is Law Abiding Citizen, starring Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, this is another one I'm not familiar with. That's a movie where he's like in prison, yet he's killing people somehow. How is he doing it? How is he killing these people? Like, No? No. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well, anyway, if you at home don't know what these movies are, I post trailers to these movies in the show notes of this episode on our website, yesthatbad.com. So go go there and check it out. So go to our website, yesthatbad.com, and vote in the poll for what you want us to do next. As for next week's episode, we've decided to go a little old school on this one, and we're going to be reviewing the infamous Batman and Robin, starring George Clooney and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Alicia Silverstone, your favorite. (laughs) Classic, right? Wow. That should be like a (laughs) four-parter. Definitely, definitely got to tune in for that one. Okay, thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing to the show. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Or if you're one of those few people out there still fighting the good fight on the Zune Marketplace, <laughs> leave us a positive review there as well. Also, please help us get the word out about the show. And you can do that very simply by telling your friends about us. All you got to do is go to our website, yesthatbad.com, and you can like us on Facebook or talk about us on Twitter. Very simple. Once again... Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Naked Sandra Bullock, what'd you think? It was definitely better than what Naked Mary Steenberger would have been. Oh, I, I don't know. We'll never know, right? <laughs> Who's to say? I guess you'll, you'll seek that out. Yeah. <laughs>